0: Well, good day, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Markham's Invisible Strength podcast series. And today we have on board Doug Hamlin, who is our in-house research and development technician amongst his other official titles. Doug, welcome aboard and tell us a bit about your background and career history.
1: Thanks, Brendan. Yeah, no, it's good to be involved in this uh, podcast today, topic I'm uh, excited about. Um, yeah, briefly, I've been with Markham um, 11 and a half years, I think it is now, um, starting from done some work on site, done a bit of a project management, marketing, um, and mostly in the consultant um, area, so working with um, specifiers, engineers, architects, um, and what I'm, what I'm doing currently is with um, engineers, asset owners, looking at ways we can extend service life of um, infrastructure projects. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, I'm also involved in the um, the technical side of Markham, so the little bit of R&D work, that type of thing. So,
0: Very good. Thank you. So today's podcast, uh, just as a spoiler alert, it's about the civil tech system, but we'll get to that in due course. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the background leading up to it and we'll well, how we've come to this point and released this new arrangement. Talking about the experience that you mentioned, you particularly specialize in remediation of aging concrete structures, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right, Yeah, yep. Yeah. So that's um, obviously a large part of our businesses with general construction. So, um, you know, then lots of new retail, um, high rise office buildings, um, basements, um, car park structures, that type of thing, and a large part of the team does focus on that. But myself, I focus on the remediation, um, particularly in the infrastructure uh, markets or um, industry. And yeah, that's that's still it is still a very core cool part of what we do um, at Markham. That's something that um, our founders have been passionate about right from when they started Markham. I think would be fair to say. Yeah, that's good. I remember when I first
0: started at Markham myself and. 2014, it was a very significant part of what we were doing even then. What would you say are the main issues you see with concrete infrastructure in the real world?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I guess predominantly it's, we, we see a lot of structures that just get left, um, and, you know, there might be some slight indications of problems um, with the structure you know some early might be just some minor cracking that type of thing um, it's not you know major so it just gets left and left and nothing's done whereas it's it's really important to um to get on to that you know early on it's it only goes one way concrete deterioration um, and it is is quite exponential um once it does start to go so yeah i think that that delay before you know something's done about it also when, when there is major repairs say a wharf structure often what happens is that the the major repairs that are done like the obvious um spoils, that type of thing but we kind of forget that the rest of the structure is actually not in that much better condition so and we don't do anything about it whereas it's it's really the you know the perfect opportunity to to protect that existing concrete or that parent concrete as well as the repairs um, at that point, so, you know, that it doesn't happen again. So,
0: in that context, would you say there's a danger of getting caught in a spiral of repeated maintenance bills without dealing with underlying causes?
1: Yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, definitely, there's, and you know, taking that same example of where we're talking about, you know, some obvious um, spalls, or, you know, there might be some corrosion staining that gets um, fixed up. That's if that's just patched up and you know we move on, it's it just happened that that same process. I mentioned the parent concrete still, and you know it's not in that much better condition than the where the repair was. But what also happens is that because you're introducing a new concrete, you there's a it actually accelerates the corrosion process um, to the steel beside where the repair was, um, and then you get another breakout beside the repair. And we've literally seen seen it I can show you some photos of where the um, there's a repair and there's another repair beside it another one beside that. So and it's it becomes a thing that has to be you know fixed up every five to ten years on, on some structures. Not not every structure obviously um, but yeah it does it just spirals it and goes on and on and it's not it's not cheap to um to do concrete repair. I mean access alone in some of those structures is you know sometimes it's over half the cost. Um, and then to have to do that every every time every you know ten years is yeah that's um you know we do we definitely can work smarter if that makes sense.
0: Very good. That raises the question: What is the alternative? Tell us about working smarter.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So I've mentioned I've mentioned protecting the parent concrete a couple of times already, um, and if I just go a little bit deeper on that, um, basically in concrete deterioration, um, moisture movement or moisture migration through the concrete um, is the is the root cause behind all the problems associated with concrete. So, if we just look at steel corrosion, since we've been talking about that today, if there's no um, moisture, for one, it's a key that's one of the key three key ingredients for corrosion. But also, if there's no moisture migration, it can't take. Um, contaminants like chlorides through to the concrete reinforcing steel, um, and you know start that that spalling, that rusting, and subsequent uh, spalling process. Um, so ideally, what we can do is arrest that you know that mechanism, that moisture movement mechanism, if you like, and you know arrest that deterioration cycle. Now, what we've we've worked with here at Markham, and to date, I. Hand on heart, say it's the most effective way to deal with um, concrete deterioration is to um, utilise a hydrogel um, system to essentially lock that moisture up, so it can't it can't move around and you know it can't let those contaminants through the concrete. There's there's a few other ways of achieving that, and you know trying to address corrosion, but um, in terms of a, a simple a method and, you know, cost effective method to protect, protect concrete and extend service life, the hydrogel treatment of concrete is, you know, it's, it's a clear winner in my view.
0: Very good. Yeah, I think we were talking about the fact that you've re- repackaged our approaches to those issues.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in that, with obviously we've done been doing these these hydrogel systems for years, but obviously a lot of the time it's not just a you know like a one stop um, product, or it's it's always part of a a system. So what we've done is repackaged these, um, you know, might be two, might be three separate products, um, and you know. Come up with a multifaceted approach to to make sure we get the very best um, when we are in there protecting concrete, um, and that's what we've called the civil tech systems. That's good. good. Civil tech. So
0: you can you walk us through that. What 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 does that actually include?
1: Yeah, that's a good good point. So first of all, um, if I talk about the most common um, hydrogel we're known for in the Infrastructure space is the Accuron Seven Thousand um, system. That is, that's for you know existing existing structures, um, and oftentimes it's used with. It can be used with a surface type coating as well. So you get the internal moisture protection, and you get an external. So that's that's one of the civil tech packages there, where you get a um, hydrogel internally, and then something like the Conquer SC2 um, on the outside um, to provide that um, moisture repellent you know, at the surface. So you're getting the best, uh, best of um, you know, both worlds in terms of protection. Um, another area is into new structures. So we get involved with the concrete mix design and utilize an admixture. Um, as well as um, we may sometimes it's just an admixture sometimes it's an admixture and a curing trick afterwards it all all comes down to you know what the what the project um, needs really what the what the environment that it's in um, and you know what what's best for that structure um, in terms of obviously there's budgets and funding we need to be aware of um, but there's also we're very aware of the long-term um, costs and, you know, strive to find the best, best balance there.
0: I guess that's what this is about, isn't it? It's, we're talking about the repeated maintenance and long-term costs. So perhaps you could t- tell us, if um, any of our listeners are thinking about it, what does it mean for our customers? What, what's the benefits to the asset owners and the uh, repairing teams? maintenance and yeah management teams.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I guess I guess the first thing is it's um it's a lot easier to select and specify a, a one system. Um so for it from an engineering or an engineer point of view, rather than having to, you know, go in and research and specify individual products um to do because oftentimes there's is I haven't really been involved in a project where it's it's just um, one product that's used to um to protect the concrete structure. There's always um, multiple, so you know, like I say, being able to specify one one particular system and you know that that's going to be the correct um, specification for that structure, um, and you know, have all that how how they they're going to be used. Um, and you know watch products is right for that situation all in that one one specification um, and that's all that's all done for you so Markham's done that done that work in terms of the, the specification and I guess the most important thing is it gives you a you know the structure a, a holistic approach so it's it's looking at you know not just one problem one problem in the of the structure, so it might be that it's moisture movement, but they also they may be, um, for example, a structure that's got ASR. We want to do everything we can to stop any moisture getting into it. Um, so even at the surface level, um, so we might use an internal hydrogel plus plus the external um, water repellent, and that that from a from a structure point of view and looking at the actual issue um, is a you know far far better approach than you know just just a one stop um, shop there. Or one product um, and I guess that the last last point there is we can work with you through that with with the civil tech system um, right through the process and you know come up with a a, a solution that you know fits fits with client um, budgets and funding that type of thing but and fits with a, the actual issues on that structure um, so I mentioned a couple of scenarios there and then also things like supply of product um, we whether we actually you know supply and install the product on site or whether it's a supervised application where we, we receive the um, QA documents um, and set them up with um, you know standard operating procedures and have them fill out um, ITPs on site that kind of thing. Um, so yeah we, we take, take basically take control of that whole that whole process um, so you're not having to you know, deal with uh, multiple people you can be you can be sure that Markham's going to make sure that that specification actually ends up on that structure um, and if there is any issues you can be sure we're going to come back and um, discuss those through and um, with with you as an engineer or, or a client uh, asset owner um, and yeah, obviously alongside that, we do have our own application team as well so that they can be available. It just comes down to what's easier. Oftentimes on a site, there's there's already a repair team set up and it makes much more sense, um, both logistically and um, money-wise to you know, train that team up and have them just carry on um, and do, do those works as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. And the point about having one
0: uh, entity to deal with is important but you do see at times conflicts between uh, suppliers and contractors and it mm-hmm. uh, doesn't, certainly doesn't benefit anybody at the end of the day. I guess no, the no. question of long-term costs, so you, about the first thing that's going to rise in many people's minds is the question of warranty. So what uh, warranty comes with the systems? How long do you expect them to
1: Last, I suppose it's two different questions. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's kills. Cool. So the first first point is I guess that's one of the one of the strong points of the civil tech system is it always does come with a warranty. Um, that's not just product, it's also um, or it's it's mostly focused on a performance warranty. So what how long can we extend the life of that structure um, based on its current condition? So First of all, in terms of the length of the warranties, um, if we take a, an existing structure that's had some, you know, major repairs done, that type of thing, it's, um, we may be looking at, say, a 15 to 25-year warranty. You know, that they, generally it's around that they, um, there'll be no moisture migration through to the steel, or it could be something like there'll be um, no elevation of chlorides at the reinforcing steel because obviously no elevation of chlorides no no further corrosion um, things like that and it, it really depends on on what the structure um both the condition and what it's exposed to as to how we um you know choose the warranty for that project and also what as a customer or as a client what what's important to you um in terms of warranty um so yeah we can we look at that but i guess the main point is it's very um project specific and it's a it's about warranting a result so rather than um just supplying you know more product if it doesn't work it's it's actually based around what okay what are we going to do to fix this um problem if there is further corrosion Um, so yeah it is a very um, comprehensive um, warranty um, on, on new structures, we match the design life of the concrete. So if an engineer has designed a concrete to last 100 years, um, we, we give a guarantee or a warranty that our product will, you know, keep that concrete, um, you know, protect it from corrosion for that for that 100 years as well. Um, so our, our, our logic is that, if, you know, if that concrete has, um, you know, by itself can last that distance, um, we're only ever improving that, and improving, it and vastly improving it. Um, so yeah, we can we can offer that. Whereas, as uh, well, and I don't have to dwell on it too much. But there's a lot of warranties out there that are only you know that ten to fifteen years um, for new structures, and it's kind of begs the question of well, what what what's going to happen at that fifteen year point? Like, are we what what what's why are we even doing this if it's only lasting? You know, that 15 year time period. Um, and I, I guess the lastly, we've <coughs> mentioned, we've um, touched on it briefly, but how we manage the, excuse me, <coughs> control the application process um, with, you know, either with the QA, with using, you know, might be a repair contractors, um, applicators, or you know, con- um, labourers, that type of thing, or whether we do the um, application ourselves, <clears throat> the keeping control of that um, that process is really the key to why we can offer the warranties that we do. So sometimes on a structure when we we're applying hydrogels, you can't actually see a lot of difference between a treated and an untreated area. So having that um, that record keeping MQA, um, you know where every liter's gone on a project, um, you know where it's where it's been actually treated on on a on a structure marked up, is really the, the key to how we can offer that that warranty. Um, and yeah, it's, it's um, I mean I can think of a few <clears throat> examples off the top of my head where um, you know there's there's parts of a structure that we were instructed not to treat. Um, by the you know by a main contractor that type of thing, um, many years down the track, they've actually had some some issues with it, and it's you know it's clear like night and day. Um, we'll you know obviously down what was treated and what wasn't, but without that clear record keeping, um, it's you know you would, we wouldn't better wouldn't better offer that that warranty clear clear QA I should say I wouldn't better offer that that warranty. If that makes sense. Yes, yes, it does.
0: That's uh, very important too for. Reassurance for the customer. In a parallel question, can you tell us about what testing can be done on the structure to confirm the effectiveness of the treatment? Like you mentioned that the treatment's not visible, you can't see where it's been done. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, definitely so. Yeah, and, and you're exactly right. The, um, but yeah, it is oftentimes you can't tell any difference before and after treatment. Um, I guess what we need to really think about is the performance of that, that cover concrete. So if we're looking at any testing, we need to think about what's actually going to show what that um, cover concrete's doing. So um, a couple of, couple of different ways of doing this. The first one is looking at the chloride levels, so the internal chloride levels in concrete. So generally, um, it's taken in five to 10 mil increments. Um, so you build a profile of what the the chloride content is. Um, and so we can monitor that over you know, five, 10, 15, however, a long um, the the warranty is for, and you know, see what those levels are doing. And so many structures we've seen that just um, plateau and stay at that same, um, same level of chlorides um, at, the, you know, at the depth of steel. Which is, you know, really, really impressive and really um, tangible. It's something that you can you can physically um, measure um, and you know verify in a lab situation. Um, particularly for marine type structures or coastal structures, um, the other test we can perform is looking at things like um, the water penetration into concrete. So obviously, permeability is is directly linked or directly linked to Um, the durability of a structure so the less permeable it is the more um, durability you're going to get a more longer term service life the main way that we measure this is with the gwt um, method so this is a portable um, unit that um, you can bolt on to even the underside of a structure or onto a wharf deck bridge deck whatever it may be and you can measure the um both the water permeability, and then you can um, calculate the saltivity of the concrete as well um, from you know a fifteen to twenty minute test on site, um, and basically it forces in water at um, around about ten meters head pressure, so it's often a lot more than a a wall structure is gonna or a bridge structure is gonna face, um, and you know you can see a clear difference before and after um, you've treated with you know the, the civil tech system. Um, and that can be done, you know, monitored over time, and you know, prove that that effectiveness of the treatment. Another area um, is around, say, if it's more in a um, not so much concern with chlorides, but if it's a carbonation um, attack. So on a you know on a busy highway, that type of thing, um, you can you can take um, concrete cores and you know use the the um, carbonation indicator spray. And see the depth of carbonation, and you know monitor that over time. So that's another. Um, I was going to say black and white, but it's actually purple and grey um, indication of you know how far that that carbonation is actually um, you know going into the concrete. So yeah, that's that's the three three main methods. Um, probably what's also important is methods that don't don't show as much. So um, things that um, use you know like electrical. Um, currents, that type of thing, because it's a hydrogel, there is moisture um, held in the gel. It will, it can show um, that it's actually worse, got worse corrosion potentials um, once it's treated. But in, in actual fact, in real life, there's no way that. Um, but just because an electric current can get through the hydrogel is, doesn't mean that the you know the chloride ions are going to get through there, as they physically they physically can't. If that makes sense.
0: No, that's interesting. Um. It does speak to the methods that are out there in the field. We need to know how to read your results as much as anything. Mm-hmm. Any other general comments you want to make about the new civil tech approach?
1: I don't. I don't. Don't think so. I guess uh, just what we what we started this um this session off with is those. You know, the, the main issue is that we, we're not getting on to these problems early enough and we let them we just leave them for another year because they don't look too bad and it just it just gets worse and worse and worse until we're faced with a major repair contract where that it is it's a it's I think they they talk about the law of fives in concrete remediation. And if we if we can get on, you know, um, at that, you know, the early phases of um, of that damage cycle that the savings are, they literally are in multiples of five um, as, you know, as you go through the, the deterioration um, stages. So there's a, there's a clear cost saving and we do, it is a hard discussion to have with, um, you know, the accounting department when, you know, you might be wanting to spend $250,000 on, on a structure that looks fine, is operating fine, it's not causing any problems um, but you know and if you've taken 10 years time you could be spending you know 10 to 15 million um, you know repairing the structure um, and you know doing doing a major repair cycle so there is there is um I mean we've obviously got to think in years instead of um, months here but there is a, a clear um, yeah, clear evidence that concrete only gets worse concrete deterioration only gets worse and the benefit of trading early is, yeah, it's it's really, really important.
0: That's good. That's a good, clear message. You get in there early. Stitching time saves nine and all that.
1: 100%.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Doug. Very much appreciate your time today. Thank you to everybody who's listening to this segment. As always, you're welcome to visit our website, markhamglobal.com, for more information and ways to get in touch. Stay safe and don't miss our next episode.